Hello, and welcome to the Future of Mobility, the KPMG podcast series for global mobility leaders. In this series, we offer short, insightful episodes you can listen to wherever and whenever you enjoy your podcasts. In these podcasts, we look at some of the most pressing issues and opportunities facing global mobility departments in the modern business world through interviews with leaders in global mobility, human resources, tax and other areas of business from KPMG and beyond. In today's episode, we talk to Michael Busa, National Practice Leader, Global Reward Services, KPMG in the US. Thanks for taking the time to join me, Michael. It's great to be able to speak to you today. Thanks for having me. As part of KPMG's Future of Mobility campaign, we're exploring three themes, geopolitics, changing business models, and of course, digitization. So I'd like to kick off our conversation by discussing what impact you think digitization has on effective reward. Digitization has really become indispensable in recent years, uh, coupled with a sound technology approach. Firstly, it enables companies to reward employees effectively. And we'll come on to talk a little bit about some of the key pressures that organizations are facing around talent retention and incentivization, and also to meet tax and regulatory compliance requirements. So, Michael, amid the growing complexity of global mobility, what trends are you seeing impact employees and companies the most? Well, as we all know, it's a very challenging environment globally for organizations in terms of looking to attract, retain, and incentivize talent. And that gives rise to several challenges for organizations that they can usually overcome through a robust technology and digitization approach. So the first is um, you know, how we look to incentivize and retract talent. Um, long-term incentive compensation is certainly inherent in that process. Organizations are increasingly relying on it, and they're certainly becoming very effective in designing programs to achieve those objectives. The second is it's the dynamic around the workforce. We have all sorts of uh, types of employees now in the workforce, whether we're talking about the gig economy, business travelers, formal expatriates, long-term transfers. The, the breadth of what is defined or how we define mobile employees is certainly continuing to expand, and I would probably challenge most organizations to say who really isn't mobile in your organization. So with that, you, uh, you then look at combining the complexity around long-term compensation, which is, which is usually multi-year in nature, and you combine that with the mobility aspects and the complexities, and that gives rise to tax implications, regulatory implications, and payroll implications that organizations need to, uh, to focus on. Last and certainly not of least importance is around the focus on the participant experience. Companies invest a lot of time, effort, and energy in looking to deliver effective compensation, and we want to make sure that employees have a good experience around this. So what does a good experience really mean? Firstly, we need to make sure that employees receive their awards on a timely basis. Again, depending upon the jurisdiction and nature of the award, that will differ, but we want to make sure that it's delivered as as quick a time frame as possible. Secondly, it needs to be delivered accurately. So that means withholding the right amount of tax, whether that's actual tax, hypothetical tax. We certainly don't want to overwithhold, and we want to make sure that there's no surprises for the individual, particularly around tax return filing time. Thirdly, um, we need to ensure that there's good transparency to uh, what the individual is getting. You know, do they really understand the value of the award? So again, what does that really mean? It could mean a number of different things. Number one, it could mean, do I understand how I'm reconciling from the gross amount of units I was expecting to receive to the net amount of after tax? And do I truly understand that? And secondly, if we think about it, perhaps from a total reward standpoint, how does this award fit into my overall compensation framework? 
So, Michael, what should businesses be considering when designing and operating global incentive compensation programs? First and foremost, they have to ensure that they embrace technology. There's a number of great tools on the market, whether we're looking at the fundamental HRIS system and how we either collect or maintain data and how we also assist organizations in ultimately with the delivery and the tax compliance around these long-term incentive type awards. The second is to have a very sound, repeatable process that is um, transcended throughout the organization. Many times um, organizations will design terrific programs that are meant to do whatever they they are looking to achieve from an employee standpoint. But sometimes there is an appropriate thought given to what the operational requirements are, the tax requirements, and the regulatory requirements. So as you think about the architecture or the design of your process, you need to make sure that you've got a good handle on what all of those factors are and how they impact operations. Lastly, um, we need to make sure that we have all stakeholders involved. And again, depending upon the size, scale, and depth of your incentive program, that can mean a number of different things. But fundamentally, we would think that you would want to involve executive comp, equity administration, HR, tax, treasury, and accounting, just to name a few. And it's also important to note that it's not just about involving the stakeholders at your headquarters level that are primarily involved or responsible for delivering the awards. It's also looking across your entire geographical footprint. So it's uh, who's who needs to be involved with payroll at the local level, accounting, tax, and so forth there as well. And Michael, are you seeing large multinational organizations leveraging technology? Yeah, well, we focused on a few areas, and let me just uh, recap some of them here and how technology is being used. With the employee experience, again, it's about effective communication and effective execution. So we want to make sure that employees really understand what they're getting, that they're getting the information timely, and that they can reconcile it or use, use that information to reconcile what they're delivered and usually what's being delivered to them net of tax. Second would be around payroll execution. Again, it's, it's probably something that most get kind of tired of hearing about, frankly, but we have to ensure that we have payroll execution uh, flawless, frankly, so that we can be sure that we're being compliant with all of the uh, various requirements in all the jurisdictions you operate in. And, you know, when we started out this conversation, we said that uh, mobility probably includes almost every employee in an organization now. So we're not just talking about taxation in one jurisdiction or in one country. We're talking beyond that. We're talking about states, cities, localities, cantons, and so forth. And we want to make sure that we have a, a proper process to guide us through compliance. Uh, next is around cost awareness. Again, maybe it seems obvious, but certainly having an effective process drives efficiency. So you probably have two categories of costs that you're hoping to minimize or that you should be able to minimize through an effective process. One would be the absolute tangible cost. So there is the actual cost of working everything that you need to do through this, through the organization from the time of granting awards to the time of delivery to the time of paying in taxes and so forth. The others are the, are the, the softer and tangible costs, which even though they can't necessarily always be measured, they certainly exist. So it can be the employee noise factor. If there's disruption in the process or employees don't get their awards on an effective, timely basis, there will be noise in the system and somebody will have to deal with that. Similarly, if we don't have effective compliance and if taxes aren't remitted and uh, the income isn't reported timely, likely result in a tax authority inquiry or um, certainly tax authority audit, which uh, would also result in, in uh, embedded cost. We also have to think about how we continuously enhance or, in, or evolve the process to keep pace with change that's happening with respect to the programs. 
Um, and again, that can cover a number of different areas, right? Programs or long-term incentive programs will need to continuously evolve within an organization. That's driven by the types of talent we're looking for, how we retain them, how we compete. Organizational objectives may change, um, business imperatives and so forth. And there's typically a need to have alignment in your long-term incentive program to enable employees to achieve that or to incent them to achieve that. And, and certainly from a, um, a transactional standpoint, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty active deal market, for example. So organizational structure may change. So there could be mergers, acquisitions, spinoffs, and all of those have impact on long-term incentive. Plans will need to be changed, uh, cashed out, whatever the case may be. But the process and the technology you're using to enable that will need to evolve along the way to accommodate those changes. And finally, Michael, what advice would you give to our listeners who are looking at leveraging technology in the design of an effective reward program? Yeah, the first is think holistically. And that, again, for differing organizations, that means a lot of different things. But make sure you've got a handle on all of the terms, conditions, features around your awards, understand the tax implications, the regulatory requirements, and the payroll requirements, because that will set the foundation for what your process needs to be. Next, as, as we mentioned, and, and you, I really can't say it enough, actively engage all stakeholders. Don't assume that people who are supposed to know certain things about how things are going to be executed in the process know for sure. You have to make sure that they're actually part of a stakeholder committee um, to, uh, to operationalize this. Next, uh, sustain your progress. Once you decide to go down this path, which is usually a very effective path, you have to make sure that you sustain your processes, keep people informed, and continuously evolve in response to external changes, uh, such as uh, tax and regulatory requirements and some of the other items that we spoke about before that will change your program. If I haven't said it enough already, um, embrace the use of technology. Thinking that you're going to manage this process effectively and drive your key objectives around making sure the program is a success, however you measure that, having a good employee experience, and being compliant and being cost-effective just cannot happen on any uh, you know, program with scale without, without technology. And lastly, and one that I would encourage all organizations to think more about is if you do undertake this type of, of uh, process, you'll accumulate vast amounts of data, and data is valuable. So whether we're talking about the very transactions themselves, the mobility data, the tax implications, and so forth, data can be used effectively to, to start forward thinking around uh, items such as how effective was our program? Did we actually achieve the retention rate where we wanted to achieve it, or did we fall short? How could we look to change that in the future? How would we look to change our plan? Did we achieve corporate objectives, or are we in line with business plan? So if we have performance features in our program, did those performance features enable us to facilitate those business objectives? And if not, how do we change that? Data and analytics is extremely powerful to enable us to do this. We don't have to speculate anymore. We don't have to conceptualize. We can measure the past precisely. We can figure out statistically what the items are that drove us to success or why we fell short. And then we can use that data going forward to design what we need to in the future to change it. Michael, thanks again for joining us. I'm sure our listeners around the world will appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Hopefully, they'll be able to use your insights and advice to make an impact on their global mobility initiatives. Great. Thanks for having me. Please let us know what you think of this episode, or if you have any ideas for future episodes, please email us at tax at kpmg.com. And remember, you can find our latest publications, 
articles and other material that address the issues discussed in this ongoing podcast series at kpmg.com forward slash future of mobility. Thanks for listening.